imagine signing a contract with a motor coach company that states if you cancel within a certain amount of time, you get your $2,000 deposit back. Well, a veteran did just that, and do you think he got his deposit back? Wait until you hear what happened. We reached out to industry expert Rick Schweitzer. He's a transportation lawyer with a private practice based in Washington, D.C., and since the mid-1990s, he has served as general counsel to the American Bus Association. It's a trade organization representing some 800 companies that provide charter, tour, and scheduled bus service throughout the United States. Rick regularly advises ABA and its member companies on regulatory, commercial, and legal issues involving the bus industry. I'm Sharon Danachek. Welcome to Military Reunion Network Radio. Let's get going. Um, I wanted to start with you. I mentioned a little bit of your background with the intro and kind of how you became connected with ABA, the American Bus Association. Well, when I was a much younger lawyer in Washington, D.C., I was at a law firm uh, that was did a lot of transportation work. Most of my background was in the trucking industry. and most of my clients were either in trucking or aviation or the railroads. Uh, but we uh, started representing a group of bus companies that had some issues uh, with Greyhound, actually, and access to the Greyhound bus terminals. This was back in the early 1990s. And we eventually resolved those issues fairly amicably and um, did some more work for uh individual bus companies and got to know people at the American Bus Association. Um, And ultimately their outside general counsel retired and sometime in the mid nineties, they asked me to be their general counsel and I have served in that capacity ever since then. I had a great conversation several months ago with Peter Pantuso, ABA president, and he shared at that time the status of the uh, motor coach industry. So what's the status now as we roll into uh, January of 2021? Well, the status is, is still fairly precarious because the, the COVID uh, emergency has not yet gone away, obviously. Fortunately, in this last round of uh, COVID relief, Congress has set aside $2 billion uh, that the private bus industry can share uh, in order to to help them. It's a a bailout just like the airlines and the uh, cruise ship industries got, and and virtually everybody in transportation got except for the intercity bus industry. So it's it's welcome money that was long overdue and coming. Having said that, the bus companies generally uh, are doing very little work right now uh, compared to a year ago or a little over a year ago, but they are optimistic that with the vaccine um, that the passengers will come back and uh, they are planning for business returning to usual sometime in 2021. And it all really depends on the vaccine rollout. When Peter and I were talking about the status of the industry, he mentioned that about half of your 800 members may not make it through to the other side of the pandemic and they'll unfortunately go out of business. How does the federal monies uh, play into the survivability of the companies and does it reduce the number uh, that will go out of business? I I think it will. Um, I mean, companies have an awful lot of fixed costs right now, obviously the buses themselves and insurance on the buses and maintenance on the buses um, and interest on payments for the buses or lease payments. You know, all of those are costs that don't go away, even though you have no revenue coming in. So, uh, you know, if 
if they've been able to hold on this long and without shutting the doors and if they have um some prospect of getting access to these funds um, in the very, very near future, then yes, it should reduce the number of companies that go out of business. Um, and you know, even if companies do go out of business, if the demand comes back, there will be new entrants into the industry, mm -hmm. obviously. You and I originally connected because of a situation a veteran had had in attempting to recover a deposit uh, he had paid to a motor coach company. And so I wanted to uh, chat a little bit about that situation and then also talk a little bit about advice uh, for military reunion planners when they're working with motor coach companies and contracting, especially in the wake of COVID. Sure. Um, the, the reunion association was trying to schedule a couple of 55 passenger buses, typical motor coach, uh, to do a, a trip for their reunion um, and they contracted with what I'm guessing they thought was a bus company. They contracted with a company that had a very nice website that had all these lovely pictures of buses that referred to our fleet of buses and the service that we provide. But in fact, this wasn't a bus company at all. It was what I would refer to as a bus broker or somebody who has a telephone who will take your order and then he will call a bus company and he will arrange the transportation. Well, the problem is, is that A, you don't need a bus broker. You can call the bus companies yourself. And B, bus brokers generally aren't regulated by anybody. They're certainly not regulated by the US Department of Transportation. And therefore, when you deal with them, you might or might not deal with someone reputable. In this case, um, I'm not making any representations about the company or their intention, but um, the fact of the matter is the, the reunion planners uh, sent in a deposit for half of the cost of the, the uh, transportation, which was a little over $2,000, but this was um, uh, at the end of 2019, actually. Uh, and once COVID hit, they realized that they weren't going to be able to uh, have the event, so they canceled the service which was well within the time in their written contract that said that if they cancel more than 30 days out, they would get a full refund of their deposit. Well, they've tried and tried and tried to get a full refund of their deposit. Um, and the money has just not been forthcoming. I've actually intervened on their behalf, sent a letter, called and talked to the owners of this bus brokerage company, um, and we really haven't gotten anywhere. So um, what I would, caution you about is dealing with somebody over the internet um, who looks like a bus company but really isn't. Um, and the difficulty is how can you tell the difference? That was exactly my next question. So you have an actual motor coach company and then you have the transportation brokers. What are the um, what are some questions you can ask? What are some things you can do to be sure that you're you're dealing actually with the the owners of the motor coach themselves and not an order taker? Uh, I would ask them, number one, are you a bus company? And they will probably all say yes. I'm sure the company that I just dealt with would say, yeah, sure, we're a bus company. Uh, but if they are registered with the US Department of Transportation, you can ask them for their MC number, which is a motor carrier number, which indicates that they are registered to provide for hire motor coach service. And then they will also have 
what's known as a USDOT number. So it will be a separate number that has the prefix USDOT, which indicates that they are regulated in the safety um, program of the US Department of Transportation. Those are both very important numbers. If they are an actual legal motor coach company, uh, that operates its own buses, they will have both an MC number and a USDOT number. Um, and then once, if they provide you those numbers, then you can do a lot more research. Um, you can go into the website of the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, FMCSA is, is the uh, initials. Um, the website is fmcsa.dot.gov. You go to the home page of their government website, you scroll down to the bottom, and it will have a, a link for passenger, carrier, and bus safety. You click on that, and then we'll, you can come to another screen for travel planners. You all are the travel planners. Um, and if you click on that, they will ask you if you want information about a particular bus company. And you can put in the USDOT number or the name of the company. And either one will bring up their record. It will show A, that they, they have authority from the US Department of Transportation, that they're a regulated bus carrier. Um, and it will also give their insurance and safety record. Um, it, will make, it will show that they have the $5 million in liability insurance that is required by the federal government. It will show um, whether or not they have a safety rating, which just means that uh, the, the government has done some sort of uh, a safety review of the company. Now, not having a safety rating doesn't mean that it's an unsafe company because the government is not very good at um, investigating every bus company in the country. But uh, there are three ratings. There's a satisfactory rating, which is the best. You should look for a company that has a satisfactory safety rating. There's a conditional safety rating, which means they've got issues that need to be addressed. And then the third is an unsatisfactory safety rating. If they're a bus company, they, they may not operate with an unsatisfactory safety rating. So if you find that, that's a big red flag. And then finally on, on their uh, record, it will show the list of inspections that they've had, as well as the number of accidents they've had both over the last two years and how many of their drivers and vehicles have been put out of service because of safety violations. That's all very, very good information. And you want to deal with a company that you feel comfortable with and, and that has a safety record that is um, better than just the ordinary company operating. And and this is, um, you know, we're, we're, I've, we pose the question, um, focusing reunion planners on this is one of the ways that you can tell whether or not you're working with a broker or an actual motor coach company, but um, reunion planners should be following the steps that, that you just uh, outlined regardless. I mean, they should be getting the, the two um, identifying numbers and they should be running through and checking the safety records. That should be a uh, a normal part of their reunion planning checklist when they're working with um, motor coach companies in general. Um, yes. And the motor coach companies um, should not have any hesitancy um, in providing those two numbers for you at all. No, that's, that's public information. In fact, you're supposed to have those numbers written on the side of your bus. So 
everybody should be able to see that. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Um, we we talked a little bit about investigating a bus company before you contract for services. I think that you know obviously this is the the steps that we are just discussing um, is um, the the very very specific way to do that. Um, the the other thing that I would include is you know working with um, the tourism bureau. Um, of the de you know the destination that you're wanting to um, bring your reunion to, uh, talking with them, um, and should we should we say that brokers aren't you know we're kind of I don't want to shed a bad light on brokers they yeah. do provide a great service and so just to be aware of who you're dealing with and and ask those questions of your um, the convention and visitors bureaus that that you're connecting with in, in those destinations as well. I, I agree with both of those statements that I don't want to um, cast aspersions on the entire brokerage industry. I'm sure there are some that are, are uh, quite reputable and, and upstanding. Um, but you know, I think that generally you'll be better off going directly to a bus company without dealing mm -hmm. with a middle, middle person. Um, yeah. And I also think that, yes, using convention and visitors bureaus or, or tourism destination organizations is a good way. You can get recommendations on reputable bus companies from them because they, they're they members of the American Bus Association. They mm -hmm. deal with member companies all the time um, and they know who come to their, their sites on a regular basis and so they can give you ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when, when reunion planners are going into contract with, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to kind of put this in two different uh, question in two different parts. If they're contracting with a motor coach company or if they're contracting with a brokerage, mm -hmm. what are the things, what are things that they should be thinking about in terms of contract language for both of those organizations? Well, obviously with COVID, we've all had to learn how to deal with cancellation clauses and um, impossibility clauses or uh, if you want to use Latin, they're called force majeure clauses, mm -hmm. but it's basically uh, what are the terms under which both either party may cancel the service without um, any repercussions. And you need to be mindful of what are the circumstances that allow you as the contracting party to get out of your contract obligations um, now, uh, typically, you refer to things like acts of God, uh, weather, insurrection, um, uh, labor unrest, those sorts of things. Pandemics were not something that were on our radar screens until a year ago. Um, now we're all very well versed in, in <laughs> issues. Um, but you know, you can you can include language like including pandemics or epidemics or um, also, uh, language that would include any sorts of uh, governmental um, shutdowns of mm -hmm. service. In many cases, state and local governments have have shut down um, the actual uh, sites that you're going to visit. Um, that should be a reason that would allow you to cancel the contract without any um, repercussions. Um, and then, you know, language about how to get your deposit back. If your most bus um, contracts will require you to put some money up front, I would think. Um, but you need to just 
be aware of what are the conditions for getting your funds back and how uh, long will the bus company have to return your deposit if in fact um, you're entitled to a refund and, and if there's some question about a refund how are you going to resolve that dispute mm -hmm. with uh, I, I had a wonderful conversation with a hospitality industry attorney when we were talking about hotel contracts mm -hmm. uh, and he was talking about um, adding uh, a, a covid or coronavirus clause to your contract because you know a year ago a year and a half ago covid would have fallen under force majeure because it's things unforeseen you know that that we don't know about well yeah. we know about covid now so now it becomes a specific clause in its own mm -hmm. entity in the contract and the other thing that he was suggesting that i'm not sure how this translates into motor coaches but the other thing that he was suggesting is in your contract having a definition of your event so having a definition of your reunion and the specific things you do the specific goals that you have um, so if 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 something happens with covid and, and things get shut down and the hotel is unable to um, meet those goals based on the current covid climate then there's an there's an out for you as well and again i'm not sure how that translates over to the motor coach com, uh, contracts well i can see it um translating if you are trying to attend a specific event or a specific site and that event or that site has been closed on the days that you are anticipating being there uh, that should provide you an out under the motor coach contract as well mm -hmm. Okay. Um, for future clauses, um, we sort of talked about that, but it was one of the questions that that um, that we had on our sheet. You know, um, not only with with regard to COVID, but are there other things that you can think of that that motor coach companies um, should include with their contracts moving forward? Well, also COVID related, um, this wouldn't necessarily be a contract term, but something that would encourage you to use them, which is um, what are their policies and their procedures for making sure that their vehicles have been um, cleaned and sanitized? Um, what sort of procedures are they using to minimize contact and to, to make sure uh, to the best of their ability that persons are not going to be exposed to this coronavirus. Um, ABA has put together a very strict protocol for its members to use in how they um, sanitize their buses after each use and how they in enforce social distancing on many of their routes. And uh, I think those are reasonable questions to ask. Um, you might have a 55 passenger bus and only have 25 passengers on it so that you all have some space. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's interesting with military reunions, you know, they, they are a point A to point B. Um, and if there's a hundred person reunion and there's restrictions on, on bus transportation, they're going to have to contract for uh, actually more coaches uh, than they otherwise normally would have, um, and you know, one of the ideas had been to to put the uh, you know the 
if you if you needed two coaches and now you're you're having to you're forced into due to safety protocol having to get three or four to to get your group from mm -hmm. point A to point B rather than um, adding on additional coaches uh, doing some uh, a sort of a loop route mm -hmm. to to get smaller groups of people back and forth has that have you seen trending like that as well um, I I think everything is negotiable at this point, frankly. Um, I haven't seen that specifically, but my guess is that bus companies would be more than willing to talk to you about um, ways to maximize the service and maximize the protection to the passengers. Um, you know, they are very, very anxious to get business back to normal and they'll bend over backwards to, to accommodate you. Yeah, it was, we are seeing a philosophy of for the most part, we're kind of all in this together. We all want to climb out of this together. Um, one of the things that I would um, ask of the, the motor coach companies out there, um, both the actual uh, companies and the brokers, um, even if the news to the reunion planner is, is not what they want to hear, um, maintain communication with them. I think that no communication is, is the most difficult uh, challenge of this of this entire uh, situation that we're in. Um, we all seem to be pretty understanding of, of everybody else's you know situation, but um, that communication is going to be so critical. I think that's a very good point and I, I will pass that on to the ABA members and if I can also make a, a, a plug for my client, uh, one of the other ways that you can ensure you're dealing with a, a reputable company is to see if they're a member of the American Bus Association. Um, ABA, first of all, has requirements that you can't join unless you are a regulated motor carrier, so you're subject to the Department of Transportation's requirements, and B, they have a, a very active ethics committee, so if you are engaged in business practices that are less than reputable, um, it will be brought up before the ethics committee, and we've actually kicked some companies out for not living up to the, the standards. So um, I think that that's a, another level of scrutiny that you can provide uh, when you're researching which companies to use. Well, you'll be happy to know that um, that ABA and will be listed if it isn't already listed on the Military Reunion Network. A website under resources. So um, our reunion planners have a have um, a way to quickly get to you. We'll also include the government safety um, website that you uh, recommended they they check with. And and let's get that website once again. It's fmcsa.dot.gov. Okay, we'll go ahead and and make sure that both of those are on. Okay, we'll go ahead and, and make sure that both of those are on the website as well. Well, the links are up on the website and go to militaryreunionnetwork.com, click on resources, and you will find more information about the American Bus Association as well as the safety uh, transportation links uh, to check out any motor coaches you're thinking of contracting with. We want to thank Rich Rick Schweitzer for joining us today and to... Uh, chat about motor coach issues uh, for our veterans. We thank you so much for your service. We hope you hear it often and we hope you never tire of hearing it. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you like it, subscribe. We'll see you next time.